Hello everyone, I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes of the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, Pam, Richard, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food production and food consumption. I have just arrived at the Farm Progress Show. Pam Richard is my guest and it's a good thing I didn't show up tomorrow, Pam, or I would have missed it. <laughs> you sure would have missed it. Missed it. We've been here for three days in a row and have uh, talked with a lot of folks about CO2 pipelines and have asked everybody we've talked to to sign a postcard that will ultimately ask the Illinois Farm Bureau to uh, go back to its long-standing position of opposing private projects the use of opposing the use of eminent domain for private projects. Uh, so, so that's why we're here. Uh, the Farm Bureau is a pretty strong uh, entity in the state of Illinois, and they have decided uh, that CO2 pipelines are the next best thing to slice bread. To qualify that a little bit, because uh, I work with Farm Bureaus all across the country, some states are opposing, some are in favor but even like in Illinois, where the Illinois Farm Bureau is supporting, there are county farm bureaus in opposing what the state farm bureau has done. And it's creating a tremendous amount of chaos. And Pam, what you're doing, getting here, visiting with the people, and getting them to sign a document, more importantly, educating them. And we got a lot I want to ask you about what it's been like for the last two days, but... I can see you're a no-nonsense gal. We're not. You're not going to allow me to screw around at all. Trent, we're going to get right to these CO2 pipelines. We're going to talk about it. But Farm Progress Show has to be a great venue to visit with people to get a perspective of what they think. It, it really is. And, and folks who are farmers here in Illinois are really upset about the use of eminent domain, uh, for, which would take their property for a project that they believe is, one, unnecessary, Two is not safe, and three will impact their land and reduce yield. So they're hopping mad. And and they're hopping mad because here's the deal. I mean, Pam, I know you're explaining this, but I'm making sure everybody listening understands. You come through, they issue eminent domain, which says they're going to pay you. Yeah, you get paid for an easement on your property, but now you get to pay property tax. You get to pay whatever mortgage you have. And because you had to sign an easement, somebody else could be in a foreign country like the United Arab Emirates, who owns 14% of the Blackstone, or excuse me, the Navigator with the Blackstone Group, um, BlackRock, excuse me. Um, You lose control of your land even though you're still paying for it. Yeah. That is what people need to understand. Yeah, I think that that, that, that summed it up quite well, Trent. I think I think you're right. And and you know the the problem is there are a lot of folks who are still just learning about these pipelines. And we now have two in Illinois. Uh, we don't have Summit, which is in Iowa, but we do have Navigator, which if it were to be built first, would be the longest and most complex pipeline that would transport CO2. The longest in, in the country, if not the world. The world. The world. So, uh, so, And there are some pretty significant concerns uh, related to that pipeline in particular. Wolf's is shorter, but they still are uh, about 300 miles or so long, and uh, they're bringing CO2 in from their plants, from ADM plants in Iowa, 
but they're also trying to pick up a uh, spur that would run through South Peoria, which is a US EPA designated environmental justice community. And there's no way they can do that without being within blocks of, of folks who are, are marginalized, people of color, etc. So there's a lot of opposition in South Peoria for that reason. Pam, you live in Champaign. I do. The town. Typically, we find landowners, farmers who are taking care of the land, the the zealots, the champions. How did you get here? <laughs> well, that's What's a long story. What's wrong with you, Pam? That's my question. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Well, uh, well, okay. So, so I belong to uh, a, a group that is called the Illinois Clean Jobs Coalition, and when I was at a meeting. A, uh, a member uh, happened to bring up the CO2 pipeline issue. I'd never heard of it. This was in January of 2022. I'd never heard of it at all. But the more I learned, the more I said, we need to get involved because these are dangerous. Uh, they are not a climate solution. There is no guarantee, in my view, that once you get it sequestered in the ground, that it's going to stay there. And we're learning from, from what's happening now in Norway that uh, the CO2 is, is, is leaking out of, of, of one of those uh, storage sites. So uh, so I felt i got to get involved. This is something that's infe- affecting folks in central Illinois. I'm not on the route, but as you probably know, uh, the plan is for uh, another some say 66,000 miles of CO2 pipelines uh, and a lot of that is going to be uh, centered around Illinois because of the geology that we have. People feel it's a great place to put the CO2 in the ground without it escaping. I don't share that view, uh, but, but it was like, well, okay, now's the time and if we can't stop it in the bud here, uh, it's just going to over overtake the state. There is no uh, grand plan for these pipelines. Uh, we have several instances where Wolf and Navigator come really close together, uh, which makes no sense. Uh, and right now, Illinois... Not to interrupt you, but I can take you to a spot in Cherokee, Iowa, yeah, where the Summit Pipeline and the Navigator Pipeline cross. Yeah, and there's a proposed valve from one one pipeline to the other at Cherokee, Iowa. What's the purpose of that? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the yeah. answer to most of these things. I'm not sure. Because mm-hmm. nobody's sure. Nobody's sure. This is a risky experiment that's funded by everybody who's listening to your show today. It's the taxpayers who are, are footing the bill for this, uh, which is another thing that irritates the farmers in Illinois, and I'm sure in all five states that are affected. So... One thing I want to get back to for my listeners that don't know, particularly Southern Illinois, it, it's somewhat similar uh, geologically to the Bakken in North Dakota. Okay. And the reason that they give is what you just described, is that there are spots in Southern Illinois with some shale formation that they believe, they're, they're telling people, I don't even think they believe it, Pam, but they're telling people they can contain it there, despite it never being done in the world at this magnitude. At this magnitude, you're exactly right. But... What everybody needs to understand is that once it goes in that ground, because a lot of people believe that it's just a storage system, they're going to put it in the ground until the value of CO2 increases, which I 100% believe this is 100% about three companies, more than three, but three pipelines, which have uh, uh, the ability to monopolize this next generation fuel. Yes. But the contract on the Infl- uh, reduction, Inflation Reduction Act 
as part of the 45Q tax credit says it must be entombed for 12 years. What's going to happen in 12 years? What's going to happen in terms of technology that in the Bakken will increase the enrichment, the oil recovery from the soil? Because that's what everybody believes. Oh, they're taking it to the Bakken so that they can en- enhance oil recovery. Well, it's got to be there 12 years. You and I both know technology is going to come up with something else. And quite frankly, we know that natural gas works better than CO2 and enhance oil recovery to begin with. It's all a big lie, and I'm so glad you have a, a dedicated group of people because for most of us in the Great Plains, we thought, oh, my goodness, Illinois is in trouble. Now I find out you got a tremendous network of people working to spread the truth. We do. We do. And what uh, actually some of us, uh, myself included, will be uh, talking to three different townships in Logan County this September 6th, and Wolf will be there. So, so it's always a good opportunity to have a pipeline developer there, uh, and and then hear from those of us who are concerned. So, so you know they they think they've got everything uh, accounted for, but uh, Wolf is saying right now they will not use eminent domain. They have a, a, a mile wide corridor, and they're hoping to avoid the need for eminent domain because they can move from here to there to wherever. But I don't believe it for a minute. Because farmers are saying no. Well, Navigator yeah. is coming up with the same line that we will only use eminent domain if we have to, and we don't think that we will. We know that's a lie. Well, here in Illinois, uh, Navigator has been working to obtain easements for over a year and has su- successfully gotten only 15% of the easements that they, they need. And that's after 21, 22,000 visits to uh, 1,100 landowners. So 15%. Yeah, 15%. And they're, they're like well into the Illinois Commerce Commission process. And so one of the staff members there, uh, the case manager for Navigator, is raising the red flag and the alarm uh, and saying the use of eminent domain for the majority of a CO2 pipeline is wrong. Eminent domain is supposed to be used, if there's authority to use it, to get the last few property owners who are stopping a project that's in the public interest. He's also said uh, this project is not in the public interest. And he's used all of the organizing and all of the refusals by landowners to sign easements and the concerns over safety as the basis of saying that. So uh, so our organizing has, has, has done a lot, I think, to get us to where we are Pam and Richard, a good place. My guest, we need to take a break. We'll come back and have more. I think Pam will stick around for one more segment. Then we're going to find some other landowners from Illinois, Central Illinois, Decatur. The beauty of this discussion is that we can see ADM headquarters from right where we're standing. And that is one of the problems in the pipeline, ADM. I want to remind you that life is powered by coal. Get more details about how coal works at improving the environment. Electricity makes the world better. We cannot function without electricity, reliable electricity. More details at lignite.com. We're back with more Roll Route from Decatur, Illinois, after this. Welcome back. I thought she was going to get away, but I lassoed her. You sure did. (laughs) Did you see the... uh, the guys that are parking cars horseback with the young ladies? I, I did, yes. you know their story? No, I don't. Do you know it? Yes, I do. Okay, let's because hear it. Because I met uh, Sergio this morning. Okay. See, this is how I typically roll, Pam. And the first segment, I let you get away with just going right to the heart of the issue. But we, <laughs> we got to, you know, have a little fun along the way. They are Civil War reenactors oh. who volunteered to come bring their horses, help park cars, 
Because, number one, every time you interact a horse with a vehicle and all these people that come here, you know, these Illinois farmers, how they get to acting, uh, it it's, helps their horses. But I got a great interview lined up later for these guys that are Civil War reenactors right here in central Illinois. I, well, I knew there were Civil War reenactors, but I had I'm no idea. You anything. Well, I did not know that they were here today. I did not know that they were the ones who were oh, yeah, helping the cars. Yeah, cars. beautiful animals. They are, and I noticed, the first thing I noticed in today's world, are you a horse person? Uh, I w- always thought I would be, but uh, there's no hope for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you're still here. It's never I'm still late. here. <laughs> so I pull in, and I see that they've got this well-orchestrated parking system going on. Right. And these guys horseback with a couple of young ladies are just keeping everything in line. But all the horses are sorrows. And I thought, in today's world, that's weird because everybody wants color. Nobody wants a bay or a sorrel horse. And then I talked to him, and now as I was walking in here, I'm like, they have sorrels because back in the Civil War days, there were no pintos. Right. How fascinating. Yeah, i got to figure out and make sure that that, that's why they have sorrels. Well, that plus they're cheaper, so maybe they're just like me and frugal. Well, let me tell you this. I'm coming back and listening to your interview with with those folks later today. (laughs) And I'm I'm putting them on TV. Oh, great. Yeah. Because you got to capture the beauty of the horse. Oh, they are beautiful. Yeah. And I've already got a picture of Sergio, who, by the way, is from Utah before he moved to Mason City. Oh, my. Yeah. And I said, hey, partner. Oh, look at him. You got your coffee this morning. Oh, my goodness. What a photo. For those who can't see it, yep. watch the video later. Hey, it's great. It, it's like the old days where you create visuals with the, with the words instead of needing to see everything online. All right, Pam. Yes. The other thing that I want to make sure everybody knows is that CO2 is its already being used by the United States Air Force as a source of jet fuel. Okay. You didn't know that? I did not. Yep, Colorado Springs has I jets. I did not know. They have jets that have been flying with CO2-derived fuel since September of last year. Okay, that's brand new then. Well, okay. not that brand new. But you but, know how yeah. they make the jet fuel? How do they do it? They take the CO2 and blend it with hydrogen okay. to create an explosion. I'm, I'm, right. Okay, think about this. Every single gas station you go in you got these little canisters sitting over there on the floor. You go to this thing up above a spout, and you pull the spout if you drink soda, and uh-huh. it comes in. Right. What what erupts the soda from that can into that spout? Right. That's the CO2 that CO2 everybody says is because safe. Because it erupts. Right. Exactly. And when you mix CO2 with hydrogen, you get fuel that will fuel a jet at a very efficient level. Well, we have we have a, an ethanol plant here in Illinois, in Hennepin County. Uh, Mar- Marcus Energy that's actually uh, working on that here. So their hope is that they'll be first and uh, and that they'll be successful in that endeavor. So, but so I didn't now, know it was on, on board. What, yeah. what is hydrogen? Hydrogen is... Uh, oh, let, re- yeah. re- let me re-ask the question. What is water? Water Water is... You want me to two, give you the chemical. You want me to H2O. give the chemical thing, yeah? H2O. H2O and two hydrogen. Two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. Yep. Now let's go to Peoria, Illinois. Yep. Where they're going to go underneath a yep. river. Well, yeah. Anywhere. This it, could go it, anywhere. It's okay? going to go under, under the Illinois and the Mississippi. Potential yeah. for this CO2 to interact with H2O. Absolutely. And what's going to happen? Corrodes the pipe and the pipe explodes. Boom. Yep. Literally. Yep. And now we have data that shows that for a long time they thought that water 
is what caused the volcano. When in fact they know that it's CO2 coming up through the Earth's surface that actually causes the explosion of a volcano. And this is what we're going to put underneath all of Illinois and through the Great Plains, the prime food-producing region of this country. Who, who thinks this makes sense? Uh, well, those who are reaping the benefits and making a ton of money think it makes sense. And interestingly enough, it's those folks who, are, who have been working with oil uh, or gas and, and can build the infrastructure are, are really pro... I mean, that's, that's who's here. But the problem is there's too many differences, and the problem is there are no uh, standards in place uh, for, for the design of those pipelines. There are best practices, but you can't go open up a cookbook and say this is how you do it. And that's what the federal government is working on. So we think it's unconscionable that uh, pipeline developers are moving forward here in Illinois and not waiting for that extra safety measure uh, measures and oversight to, to be finished through a rulemaking process. See, what you're alluding to is exactly what people need to understand. Mm-hmm. And you have bad players like Summit yep. who are right now spending millions of dollars advertising pipelines are safe. Right. Pipelines have been safe, but pipelines have not transported CO2. And they're using the safety of a petroleum-based pipeline, which I've never been opposed to a petroleum-based pipeline if it makes sense. Right. But they're using the safety record of the petroleum-based pipeline. There is no data to say that CO2 pipelines contain the same level of safety, and the explosion point of a CO2 is completely different than petroleum. They were lying to people every single day. Oh, you're absolutely right. And that's what I know we're going to hear about when we are uh, talking uh, as part of a public meeting on September 6th in Atlanta. And Wolf uh, Carbon Solutions will be there with us. And so we hope to be able to to counter that message. There's only 5,300 miles of CO2 pipelines that have been built in the States. And that has been since like early, early 70s. They, They haven't been around a long enough time to really create that, sa- that that understanding of how safe they are. Plus, it's one source uh, to a place of sequestering, mostly for enhanced oil recovery. You compare that with oil and gas that have been around since the 1860s, and we've got nearly 3 million miles of pipeline. We know a lot about oil and gas. Uh, also, the thing that irritates me a lot is that both pipeline developers, Navigator and Wolf, are refusing uh, to, to show their... Uh, modeling uh, that that is establishing uh, impact areas that, risk that yeah that they're refusing to show it to us and so you know why Pam? yeah I do because uh. <laughs> you're not smart enough to understand the data I personally uh, witnessed Elizabeth Byrne Thompson say that in front of me in South Dakota wow you're not smart enough to understand it well that's true I did read that she had said that but I think the reality is they they don't want us to be questioning it. And we know Navigator is only going to be 361 feet uh, away from uh, rural residences on average, and they're closer than that because I've looked at the maps and done the calculations. 361 feet for a 6-inch lateral pipeline is nothing, and they're just over 1,000 feet for their 20-inch pipeline. So if they're going to be that close, they owe it to the public to show the modeling, the results they're in, and what people can expect if there was an explosion. Uh, you know, uh, I, a colleague of mine has said, I live 1,900 feet away, 
and the calculations that I've done that she has done show that she would be dead within minutes. There's no way the emergency responders would have time to get there. And as you know, CO2 displaces oxygen. She has an internal combustion engine vehicle that won't run. So this is a real problem. We have one minute left before I'm, I'm going to release the lasso. And All right. we'll find somebody else. Uh, not that I want to get rid of you. I just I feel you're itchy to get back. What do you want people to most know, or where can they go get more information about what you're doing here in Illinois? Well, they, we have a website, noillinoisco2pipelines.org, and they'll find everything they need to know about what's happening meeting-wise and where they can go to get more information. We have videos. We have links to resources. We're charting the opposition, uh, so you can go there and, and, and click on a link and know what the townships that have adopted resolutions against the pipeline are saying. You can see who's adopted moratoriums. You can see who's intervening in the ICC process. And we really want everyone in Illinois who is concerned about CO2 pipelines to support an intervening group. It's expensive to go through the ICC process here. We have expenses related to legal fees. We have expenses related to expert witnesses. There is no public process. And you can join one of those groups and help contribute financially. And how about that fellow Nebraskan that's been flying over the fairgrounds here for the last three days? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> how about that? Pretty cool. Where is Dan? Anyway, i got to find him. All cool, right, we pretty gotta... cool. All right, thank you very much, Trent. We need... You have a great day. Uh, thank you, Pam, Richard, and uh, we will be in touch. Okay. do much more together. Thank you so much. While she's talking about that, I just re- might remind people that we've got a meeting scheduled at Carthage, Illinois, Hancock County. This pipeline is supposed to go exactly through the dead center from one corner to the other. That's why we're going to have a meeting in the name of Free Soil Coalition in Carthage on September, excuse me, September 28th. Too many dates in my head. September 28th, Carthage, Illinois, at a beautiful winery. You'll want to join us there. But we continue to keep you updated on what is happening at freesoilcoalition.com as it involves the erosion of property rights. And while I have a chance, last night, Winterset, Iowa, Ryan Binkley, in the Republican primary race for the president, did a great speech on how dangerous the CO2 pipelines are. We have a presidential candidate on the Republican side that is talking about this as well. We're back with more Farm Progress Talk 101 after this. Welcome back. Roll route to the program. Trent Luce at the Farm Progress Show, the last day. Bruce Bucklesby, have you been here the whole time? I've been. I was here uh, first day, Tuesday. Went here pretty much all day and then come today to work the booth. You're cap would indicate that you have the same payment structure on insurance that I do trying to keep it, trying to keep my place afloat. Yeah, I still got bills to pay. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I said farm credit if I'd get, you know, like a $500 discount in my in, in my interest or not. Well, Probably been, not. Probably they've been, not. They've been pretty good. Yeah. They've been a good company to work with. So, you are in Christian County, Illinois. Yeah. And that has gotten quite a bit of attention it's going to get a lot more because you happen to be the the lottery winner bruce and you live pretty close to where they're going to put co2 in the ground they say i'm not convinced they're going to do it yet but we're not going to let any pipelines kind of walk first of all tell us about your place and how long you've been there well live about a mile east of edinburgh is where i live and that's pretty much where i grew up and i moved back to the home farm and I've 
always lived in the area within two miles of, of the, the farmstead. And uh, after high school, I farmed all my life, and I retired in uh, 2019. And my son and nephew are still are farming the farm now. I still farm a little bit, you know. But uh, are you trying to tell us you're retired? Semi-retired. You look way too young to be retired. How, how does this work? I'm older than you think. <laughs> so you didn't graduate high school at 84 like I did? No. Okay. <laughs> you must, must be a fountain of youth over in Christian County. 74. Really? You're 10 years older than me. Man, I look so old. Uh, how here, many... here, that help? <laughs> yeah, we got the same barber, don't we? So... How many pipelines have you opposed throughout the course of your life? How many, how many have I opposed? Yeah, yeah. Just this one? Me too. Well, I had, we had another one go through us before. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, it was a, it's a 48-inch line that runs through a farm. 48-inch? 48, it's what's, big. What's yes. that packing around? Uh, it, it went through one of our farms. It I think it's supposed to replace some. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Is it an oil pipeline? Or natural gas? 48 inches? Na- natural gas. I yeah. So, the point I wanted to get to is that I'm spending all my time on this CO2 pipeline because, number one, I believe the CO2 belongs in the atmosphere where God put it, not in the ground. We are at the lower critical point of CO2 in the atmosphere now at 430 parts per million. Um, I've never opposed a pipeline in my life. In fact, I've tried to help get some oil and gas pipelines put in because I understand the importance of the infrastructure. But I, like you, am opposing this one because of the CO2 belongs in the atmosphere. We have a few companies trying to monopolize a tremendously valuable commodity and the public is being ignored. And for all of those reasons, Bruce, I, what I hear you say is that you are here asking people to, number one, become knowledgeable, and number two, get involved in the process because we got to get this fixed. Yeah, it's, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense to me, and they're using the tax dollars to fund it. Tell us about your place, and, and why is Christian County, that, that one area of Illinois, they think they should go dump this well, they, they say that there is a structure underneath that soil or underneath the ground that's idea for it. Well, I, I beg to, you know, I, I have no knowledge of what's down there, and I don't really know how they know what's down there. But they say it's, it's the place to put it. Well, I don't. That's, that's where we differ. You know, how many people in the county are with you? I'd say everybody that's done any research and looked at the and ifs or what ifs, I think they're pretty much all opposed to it. The only thing, the money that they're getting, they're, it's all right for them, their lifetime. And I'm, you know, 67 years old, so it's not going to bother me, probably. But my, I got a future generations that I hope come up and be, live in that area. You know, that's where I'm looking at. You know, next generation. And if they're busy making their uh, money now, you know, they're living right now. They don't have time to do this. And as a 
landowner. I don't want them to be have that headache down the road, you know. What we Pam and I talked about, and what people just don't seem to grasp is that you're being told to sign an easement. Yes. Uh, potentially, eminent domain is going to tell you you have to sign this easement. You pay the property tax. You pay the mortgage. And when you sign an easement, somebody else is going to tell you whether you can plant a tree or not. Pretty much, yeah. That, I mean, it, it, that, that that should re- resonate as a problem to anybody. I mean, the pipeline, yes, that'll be the easement. But the uh, sequestration field, you know, it's dump site. You know, you can still farm it, and they own the, the rights underneath. You know, within a, under a mile or whatever it is. So is the dump site on your under your property per se? Not none that I own. My brother's got some, and you know, but it's it it will be underneath some of it. Has yes. anybody, Bruce, tried to explain to you how they know when they put it there, it's going to stay in a certain area? They can't explain it. They can't explain how it's going to stay there. No, it, it's and they do an area and. They draw a line, and they'll they'll lease your property if it's close to it. But I'm not interested in being part of it, you know. So I no, there's there's no rooms down in that area that I'm aware of that they can stop at boundary lines, you know. Yeah. You don't think the CO2 will recognize that that's not part of the lease, and then stay away from that particular land on top? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no way it can do it, you know. And I probably don't need to tell you about Lake Nios and the Cameron, right? Yeah, I don't, I'm not familiar with. Oh, well, you probably don't want to be, Bruce. Because what happened was that CO2 just naturally came up through a lake, Lake Nios. I believe this is in, uh, on the African continent. It's a place called Cameroon, and I'll get you details. CO2 came up through the surface, through a body of water, because as Pam and I talked about, New Age fuel is taking CO2 blending with hydrogen. Well, water is two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. And so when you take CO2 and you blend it with two parts hydrogen, you have some fireworks that are pretty significant. It killed everything within a 10-mile area of where it came up through that water. Every wildlife, all the plants, everything, every person, everything died within a 10-mile area. That just gives you a glimpse of what can happen and why we need to buckle down and not let this be a case. Because you're going to have mixing with water everywhere. Yeah. I I can't imagine taking something and putting it in the ground and there. You're going to have to move something. Air, whatever's down there, water, you're going to have to move something and cause pressure someplace else. Yeah. When you're displacing 2,000 pounds of pressure in a 20-inch line or whatever it is that they're going to be using, I mean, it's like a balloon. It's, there's, you know, you're putting something in an area, so it's, it's got to just get bigger, you know. Absolutely. What, what do you feel like the response has been? You've been here two days now at the Farm Progress Show, recognizing that today just started for you, but what do you feel like the response is? As far as... Uh, well, in, in, because in, I'm, as you and I stand here and talk, and I did this with Pam as well, and we're early on in day three of the Farm Progress Show, some people just 
I mean, you guys do a great job of getting out and, and just not just waiting for them to stop. But some people just don't want to hear about it, and they keep moving. Others are like, I had no idea. How do I get more information? I want to get your perception of how people are responding. Well, the ones that are involved or can be involved, <clears throat> they're concerned. But the ones that are far away, it's 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 like not in my back door, so I'm not going to worry about it. You know, it's it's a dead issue as far. And I would probably be the same way if I lived in, say, California, and I own property. I would I would react to a lease of something like this from whatever my neighbors was doing. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't just. It's, grab the money like some of them. It's worth mentioning, Bruce, that California banned any CO2 pipeline being in the state. Just saying. Yes, yes, I understand that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, California does everything stupid, and they're not doing this one, and we are in Illinois. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's absolutely incredible. So, overall, you feel like the outreach has been very effective? Because I'm told this is like one of the busiest booths at Farm Progress. Well, that's... I'm glad to hear that, you know. It's, I mean, there's a lot of people concerned about it. And what I understand, that uh, the sequestered field here in Decatur is going to be under the lake. Yeah. Again, we come back to two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen, and CO2. And and I want to change the whole terminology, Bruce, because farmers, as a farmer, you have been sequestering carbon your entire life, like 47 years. I don't believe you're 67. I'm going to go with 47. So you've been sequestering carbon. The only way we can maintain plant growth is soil health. Yeah. And you've been getting as much carbon and back into that soil as possible. Mm-hmm. And... All of a sudden now, we're going to forget all of that? You can't. But my point is, that is sequestering. That is getting it back into the soil. What we're talking about doing in Christian County and at your place is entombing it. Yeah. You you don't know where the crack is. There's going to be a crack. There's going to be a crack. Yeah. I I mean, I don't want to rain on your parade, but I'm just telling you, Bruce, Bogglesby, there's going to be a crack. Thanks for the time and thanks for your effort. I appreciate it. Yep. Well, thank you. We're going to find one more willing suspect here at the Farm Progress Show. Before I let you go, I want to remind you about a couple of things. Certified Piedmontese, the the opportunity to tap into a tender beef supply is up to you. You can go to the website, cpbeef.com. Certified Piedmontese is available and is tender thanks to the genetics of the Piedmontese breed of cattle. Check out the Smokehouse products. I should have brought some here to the Farm Progress Show. That's the truth of the matter. But you can get them delivered to your house. You don't need to go to the store. CPBeef.com. i got to get around here and see if the Apache Sprayers have a presence. I know the Apache Sprayers will be with Simpson Farm Enterprises at Husker Harvest Days. Husker Harvest Days and Farm Progress Show are actually, I'll call them sister companies, both by the Farm Progress Company, but... Apache Sprayers, Simpson Farm Enterprises, and High Plains Apache will partner up to have Apache Sprayers at Husker Harvest Days. Go to simpsonfarm.com to get full details. More Farm Progress Talk after this. 
Welcome back. Roll routes. We've moved into the final segment. And I've decided to take a little different approach here, Greg Wentworth. You uh, seem to come to the Farm Progress Show to gather information about the CO2 pipeline instead of disseminating information about the CO2 pipeline. But before we talk about that, Greg, first, you're, you're, you're like a walking billboard for Wentworth beef. Do you also bring samples? Because I'm getting, I could use a ribeye about right now. We could go home and get you a sample. How long will that take you? Uh, it takes about 15 <laughs> minutes and about two hours of thought out. <laughs> Don't you have fire in Illinois? Yeah, we do. Because fire would accelerate that. That's right. <laughs> we can do that. We can do that. Yes. Well, first of all, give us a little plug. What's Wentworth beef? Uh, Wentworth Beef, I have a cousin who up near Bloomington, Illinois. He raises a few beef calves, and uh, he sells them to the neighbors and uh, some of his family, and we enjoy eating uh, black Angus beef. Oh, you don't have tender Piedmontese beef? You have old, tough? Angus we have old, tough Angus corn-fed beef. <laughs> Best there is. Your co- is it your cousin or your yeah, nephew? Yeah, cousin. <laughs> your cousin's not going to want you reinforcing that he has tough Angus beef. No, he doesn't. It's tender as can be. <laughs> Uh, and you said he's a pilot? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I think we're... Southwest Airlines, and he also farms. You don't, by chance, know a guy, anybody named Bishop from Litchfield, do you? No, I don't. Okay, because uh, one of my dearest friends forever was Chick Bishop from Litchfield, who was a retired educator in the school superintendent systems. But his son, Don Bishop, is a pilot for uh, Southwest. So, uh-huh. you know, I'm, I'm within 50 miles of Litchfield. True. You have a cousin that's yeah. a Southwest pilot. Small I was world. In, I was Small trying world. to put the pieces together, but you're yeah. not playing along. You said, oh. no, I never heard of Chick Bishop. So, <laughs> here we are. Uh, do you farm? Yes. Retired. A lot of retired farmers are at the Farm Progress Show. Is oh, anybody yeah. actually working in this state? Not yet. <laughs> about, about a week. Oh, about, oh harvest going to yes. begin in a week? Yeah. So, uh, one final thing, Greg, and I grew up at Quincy, and uh, we lost my father five years ago, but every year, Dad was the best at saying, we just don't have enough rain, this corn isn't going to be what it should be, and then I'll call him, and he's going through the field, I don't know how that monitor says it's 220 bushel acre, I don't know how where it's all coming from, and I got the same thing happening this year. My mom and everybody in Illinois has been telling me, it's a drought, it's a drought. I'm here in Decatur, Illinois, and I want to tell you what, Greg, corn looks pretty good. It does look good. Better than it did two months ago. And you know what? That really speaks to the resilience and what it is that farmers have been able to accomplish with soil health, better hybrids, better crop protection all across the board. And and that's truly our untold story. We do the best we can, then we turn it over to Mother Nature. I believe you got that backwards. Mother Nature's in control, and we just do the best we can within the guise of what Mother Nature That's gives right. us. We do. I witnessed, I witnessed you um, ask questions about the CO2 pipeline. So is that why you came, or you just happened to be in a spot where you had somebody who had information? We're concerned about that. We have some farm ground that uh, uh, the company wants to do some sequestration under. And uh, we're concerned about the wells and uh, and the farm ground. And what county are you in? Macon. Has Macon County? I don't know what Macon County has done. Like nobody's done anything. What Sagamon County has done? A- ADM has sequestration here in, in Decatur. They are currently putting CO two in yes. the ground. Yes, they have been for eleven years. And w- at what rate? And, and how are they doing that? Not sure on the rates. Uh, 
they just pump it in like everybody else does, I guess. Yeah. Well, nobody else is actually doing it. They're talking about doing yeah. it. So what have you learned in terms of information? It's an ongoing process. Uh, we are, I mean, our main concern is for our family or grandchildren and uh, not the next 5, 10 years, but 20, 30 years, 50 years down the road on whether it leaches through and comes to the surface or it stays underground in the sandstone. I, for the life of me, cannot understand, Greg, and you bring up an interesting point, that if somebody actually thought, I think it's asinine to put it in the ground. Okay, I'm just straight up. But if you thought that was important, and you had an ethanol plant, and by the way, this is being done in North Dakota, mm-hmm. you have an ethanol plant that wants to, I don't even use the word sequester, because you as a farmer have been sequestering carbon your entire life, yes. bringing it back and yes. keeping it in the cycle. Yes. They're talking about entombing it mm-hmm. for 12 years, at least, minimum. Why wouldn't they create the incentive to do that at the site instead of increasing the risk of putting it in a pipeline, compressing it to 2,300 pounds per square inch? Why would you do that? I, I don't understand all that. That's some of the questions we've got here. Have you gotten any answers? Uh, we've got some, but not all the answers yet. What's the general feel of people in the community, of, uh, or I should say the county, Macon County? I think a lot are against. There's a few that are for this sequestration project. See, you can't even use the word entombment. You got the word sequestration in your your vocabulary. That's a a big word. Yeah. Uh, Let's just step back to bigger picture. What's the Farm Progress show like? Is this the first day here? First day here. Yeah. But I mean, it's like in your back door every other year. It is. It is. Why do you come here? Just uh, see what's what's new and. Get a good sandwich, but who's got, stop. The, who's got the best sandwich? 4-H tent. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that an old tough Angus beef, too? I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> I'm looking for uh, some pork. You know how many... Oh, you want pork. Yeah. You know how many Angus guys are going to send me wonderful emails <laughs> What What's your opinion of the state of agriculture at the moment? It's changing, and the uh, the technology is, is, is very good for agriculture. And we see a lot of it on our farm. Our, uh, uh, the young man who's doing the farming for us is uh, is up to date on everything. And we're very happy for him and his family and that they're able to farm our farm. Greg, we often hear uh, that it's just not easy, and it's no secret. Very capital intense. It's tough to find land to farm if, if you own. You, you obviously own something that somebody else is uh, taking care of as, as a, a farmer, as a tenant. Um, where are the bright spots in young people getting in agriculture? I think there's some programs where they can uh, get uh, operating loans or uh, land loans at uh, low prices with the government, which will help them get started. And uh, it, it's it's tough if you don't have a family to, to back, back you. How long has your farm been in your family? Uh, where we live, a uh, little over 100 years. Our grandchildren, seventh generation, sleep in our house. So. My my nephew is raised is growing up in Adams County, mm-hmm. Illinois, and the first loose came from Germany to Adams County in 1832. Wow! And he will be the seventh generation in that place as well. 
And, you know, the interesting thing is, I don't know if you know this or not, Greg, but the American Indians believe that seven generations is where things happen. And interestingly enough, I really believe that what is taking place with these CO2 pipelines is going, we need to draw a line in the soil. And in, in the state of Illinois, we're mm-hmm. now at the seventh generation. The seventh generation. Yeah. If that doesn't send chill up your spine, <laughs> then you aren't in the same wavelength as I am yeah. in understanding how important this land is and how it, it works with the people. And to be honest with you, Greg, I didn't really think about this part of the country because in where I live now, you know, five generations mm-hmm. is a big deal because we, we developed this a generation or two later. But this part of Illinois is on the seventh generation. And so if you and I don't stand up and do what needs to be done, I'm not too optimistic about the eight. Yeah. And that was, I agree with you. That was the tenor of what I heard you in your questions. Yes. And the reason I yes. wanted to get you on here is because your questions were exactly what people need to ask. Yeah. So I have two minutes left. What are you going to tell us in two minutes? We'll ask more questions. And uh, we we haven't decided yet, but I, I'm I'm thinking we're probably leaning toward being a, against the pipeline and the sequestration, but uh, entombment, entombment. And uh, <clears throat> we had a discussion the other day with our, our son who lives on the on the farm, and uh, they're concerned too. And, uh, yes, we are. Yeah. Okay. The final thing is that when I ask you about Wentworth beef. You said they're outside of Bloomington. The address is actually Carlock. You didn't tell me Carlock. You had to tie it to Bloomington. People recognize Bloomington. They may not recognize Carlock, but they will if they have some of the Wentworth beef. <laughs> now you're getting to be pretty good at this. But I got to tell you, the best thing about what I do, Greg, is I travel all over this country. I, I don't run new pickups. I always have a pickup problem. And the last time I was tra- pulling a load of sows through McLean County, Illinois. Oh, my. Uh, I had a trailer tire that suddenly started passing me. Uh-huh. And my closest best friend that I knew I could call was Brian Crump at Carlock, Illinois. He dropped everything, bailed me out, gave me a trailer. I got the sows delivered on to where they needed to go to Pennsylvania. And it comes back to the same thing you and I were just talking about. We, we talk about the corn. We talk about how good the corn is. We talk about soybeans. Talk about you want to, you're looking for a pork chop, but it's still about the people. Yes, yes. And people people want to eat, and they need the farms, and we need to uh, take care of them. Funny how thing how people want to eat. All right, I'm looking at my clock. It's half past the hour. You have your wife here, so this is a verification. So you could literally be back here with an Angus ribeye within 45 minutes, <laughs> or a pork chop sandwich. <laughs> I'd rather have your your Angus. We'll have a taste test to see okay. if this is as tender okay. as you actually think that it okay. is. Greg Wentworth, thank you so much. Thank you. I didn't catch your wife's name. Lori. Lori. Thank you to both of you. I appreciate your time. And uh, as I wrap up here from Farm Progress Show, I got here today. Today's the last day. And you know what? I assume every time I go to an event, the third day, it's just pretty much dead. The exhibitors are talking to one another. Folks, that's not the case here today. There is still a ton of people, and in fact, I was at the gate at 8 o'clock, and they sang the national anthem, the gate opened, and people were just, there's not a worry in the world 
they're just gathering with folks, having fellowship and celebrating what it is that we do. And that is take care of God's creation, improve the creation, and improve mankind. I appreciate everybody. It's been a fantastic run. We'll have more tomorrow. As I'm going to go say home with Mama tonight. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I'm not sure she'll have me an Angus ribeye either. <laughs> okay. but, you know, there'll be a pork chop that yeah. I raised at my house Okay. over here. We've successfully journeyed down that path, connecting food producers to food consumers. For all of my guests today and Greg Wentworth, we remind you that all roads do lead to a rural route. Hey, before I let you go, just want to quickly remind you that certified Piedmontese, not everybody's been thinking about Angus, can be found at cpbeef.com. cpbeef.com. And the other thing that we need to make sure that we do is say thank you, because as everybody talks about the risk that come along with something like a CO2 pipeline, the importance of those first responders is like never before. Say thank you to your first responders. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. Richard Friday.